You are listening to WETF, the jazz station, South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus. And we tend to focus on some uh, smaller aspects or more narrowly defined aspects of jazz recorded history. And today we're bringing you a thematic program, as it were, of some piano players. We're calling this Barrel House Piano. And these are going to be recordings that feature the talents of three piano players uh, who were active in Chicago, actually raised in Chicago, in the 1910s and 20s and into the 30s. And these three players... uh, really cut their teeth professionally in the 1930s, uh, playing solos and in small groups as well. They were influenced by the blues scene in Chicago, uh, people like uh, Little Brother Montgomery and later Charlie Spand, African-American piano players, uh, and that whole scene of party music. But these three musicians, who were all white musicians, uh, reached back into the 1920s for further inspiration. Jelly Roll Morton was a big favorite, as was their... uh, slightly older contemporary Frank Melrose, who was recording in the 1920s. And these uh, players featured a very kind of heavy hand, very uh, swingy, dance-oriented style of piano playing. Uh, Almost stride piano in a lot of ways. They were certainly influenced by the stride pianists, but uh, they had a more bluesy, uh, funky feel to their playing. We started out with a tune called The Kansas City Stops, which was a Jelly Roll Morton composition, and that was performed by a fellow named George Zack. George Zack was born somewhere about 1910 in Chicago. His biographical information is a little murky. I couldn't find a death date for him, although I know he was active into the mid-50s at least. Uh, He... uh, 
was playing in numerous territory bands in the Chicago and Midwest area in the uh, late 1920s, including Jimmy Joy's band. Uh, he ended up in New York in the late 1930s. He uh, made the one of the recording dates of Muggsy Spanier's Ragtime Band and uh, played some excellent solos there, and then was back in Chicago after that. And going back and forth between New York and Chicago in the 40s, he managed to record uh, quite a few sides for Commodore Records. He must have been a favorite of Milt Gabler's, and um, that uh, record label uh, was uh, the one that uh, produced Kansas City Stomps that we just heard, which was recorded on April 14th of 1944 with George Zack on piano, accompanied by Danny Alvin on drums. Following that, we heard four or five times, which was a popular uh, hokum blues type tune of the 1920s. It was a pop tune, but it was uh, done to death by uh, bands that were uh, of the hokum variety, humor, uh, salacious elements, what have you. And many, many bands recorded that. Uh, we heard here a solo piano uh, version of that by Art Hodes. Art Hodes was born in Russia in 1904, but uh, was brought to America as an infant and grew up in Chicago. He too played with a number of bands. He didn't really get going professionally until the early 30s anyway, um, and he played with a number of uh, Chicago bands, recorded a couple of times there before ending up in New York and starting to play with people like William Minone and Joe Marsala. He was very much a 20-style player. In some ways, he was the uh, father of traditional jazz as we know it today. He uh, was uh, very active in the 1940s and 50s, putting dates uh, together for musicians who uh, were of his own mindset uh, in uh, recreating earlier styles of jazz without being slavish uh, copyists. And uh, he had a bottomless repertoire of Jelly Roll Morton, Clarence Williams tunes. We're going to do a podcast of uh, Art Hoji's bands coming up in the future. And then I can mention that we have a podcast called The Jazz Focus. If you'd like to listen to us, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, and our home, Anchor.fm. So Art Hodes, uh, as I said, was uh, playing piano in uh, New York in the 1930s and 40s. He, his career took him back to Chicago and really lots of other places, the West Coast. He was quite a busy fellow uh, for most of his life. He lived into the 1980s, lived a very long life. He was also a very good writer uh, and journalist, I should say, and put out a couple of uh, interesting books. He had a jazz magazine for a little while and did record reviews and all kinds of things. The record we heard... Um, four or five times was done for the Black and White label. Black and White was a very small jazz-oriented label in New York in the mid-1940s that uh, took a very integrationist look at things, as the name would suggest. They recorded black and white musicians uh, separately and together and um, made some excellent jazz. And this uh, date was Art uh, Hody's solo date. He didn't record a lot of solo piano at the time, but this was one of them, and we're going to hear the other three sides as well. These were done on July seventh of nineteen, July seventeenth of nineteen forty-two. So we're going to start our next set with our third pianist, a fellow named Tut Soper. Tut Soper was born. Uh, Oro Soper in Chicago, somewhere about 1910. Uh, he also lived a fairly long life. He lived in the late 1980s. He had uh, pretty much left music for the last 20 years of his life or so, except for casual piano playing. He was an insurance salesman, I believe, uh, but stayed primarily around Chicago for his whole life. He recorded with a youth band in the 20s and uh, did most of his work as a solo or uh, a duo or trio pianist playing at various clubs in Chicago, the Three Deuces and places on Randolph Street and uh, so 
forth. We're going to hear some recordings that were done for the Steiner Davis label. John Steiner and Hugh Davis were jazz fans in Chicago, and they founded this label initially to reissue jazz of the 20s that uh, couldn't be found in their original form, Uh, and they did that for a while, and then they started making their own sessions that were rather casually done, I'd have to say. They were almost home records. Um, This particular date with Tut Soper on piano was done uh, in a basement apartment, a place that had a nice piano, apparently, and uh, they brought their equipment down there and recorded uh, Soper playing about a half a dozen uh, duo tracks, uh, piano and drums, and the drummer in this case was the great Baby Dodds from New Orleans, and the story is that uh, the two of them had never met before this session, but they obviously hit it off musically. Uh, One of the tunes we're not going to hear, T for Two, which was largely a Baby Dodds feature, which is interesting in and of itself, but we're going to hear the other um, five tunes that were done that date. We're going to start out with uh, two of them uh, to begin this next step, the Stardust Stomp, which, as you might guess, was based on the Hoagie Carmichael tune Stardust, and then a tune by Tut Soper called Oronix Number 3. I'm not exactly sure what the... uh, uh, significance of that name, Oronix, is, but uh, Oronix number three, it is. And we're going to hear, as I said, Tut Soper on piano with Baby Dodds on drums in Chicago on January 31st of 1944. Then we're going to go back to George Zack and some of those fine Commodore recordings. We're going to hear another Jelly Roll tune called... Uh, Shoeshiner's Drag, which was done in June of 1944, again with Danny Alvin on drums. And then uh, two other tunes. If I Could Be With You One Hour Tonight, the great James P. Johnson pop tune from July of 1944. And uh, In the Barrel, uh, a bluesy tune from that first date, April of 1944. All of those are George Zack on piano with Danny Alvin on drums. So those are our tunes for this set. Tut Soper, The Stardust Stomp, and uh, Aronix Number 3, George Zack, Shoeshiner's Drag, If I Could Be With You, One Hour Tonight, and In the Barrel.
some good examples of Chicago barrel house piano playing. Very blues-based, but certainly more complicated and sophisticated than the average blues or boogie-woogie pianist. Uh, we started out with Tut Soper, as I mentioned, uh, playing a duet with Baby Dodds on those Steiner Davis recordings from 1944. Uh, we started out with the Stardust Stomp and 
finished with Oronix number no. three. Uh, both of those uh, were compositions accredited to Tut Soper, although Stardust Stomp was clearly based on Hoagie Carmichael's Stardust, so I guess he would get credit for that as well. Um, interesting sort of stomping style of piano. Tut Soper was probably the earliest stylist of these three. He, his playing really does come right out of the 20s. I had mentioned Frank Melrose, who was a, a legendary white uh, piano player from the 1920s and 30s and into the 40s. He died quite young. Uh, he recorded with some African-American players like Johnny Dodds and Natty Dominique, but uh, he did uh, quite a few solo sessions and duo sessions. He recorded with some of the hokum band musicians from that period, and later on did some more jazz-based recordings in the 1940s. He was uh, a brother of the uh, Melrose public publication uh, family, Walter and Lester Melrose, who founded uh, Melrose Brothers Publishing in the uh, late 1910s, I believe, in Chicago, who were responsible for bringing out sheet music and stock arrangements uh, of many great uh, Chicago jazz tunes, things that were done by Jelly Roll Morton, also by King Oliver and... Um, uh, Thomas A. Dorsey, lots of different people, and uh, Frank Melrose was the younger brother and uh, was had not interested in, in, in the publishing business. He was much more interested in being the, the, the artist himself. So after that, we went to George Zach, as I mentioned, a, uh, another not terribly well-known piano player, but certainly much better recorded than Tut Soper. Uh, I have a CD where he did uh, oh, about 27 tunes for, I think, all for Commodore Records, actually, or there may have been some other ones thrown in there, but he was well known as a, as a solo pianist, uh, although usually he was accompanied by drums, as he was on these sides, by Danny Alvin. Uh, he did another series of sides that were accompanied by George Wetling in 1945, but uh, these Alvin things, which I believe were recorded in Chicago, were all from 1944, and we started out uh, the third tune of that set with Shoeshiner's Drag, the Jelly Roll Morton blues tune that he recorded with the Red Hot Pepper followed by a nice pensive version of If I Could Be With You One Hour Tonight, the great pop standard from the 1920s by James P. Johnson, and then finished up with a, uh, a nice down-and-dirty blues called In the Barrel, and uh, that was the type of music I think you could imagine hearing in some of these Southside uh, and, and Northside clubs, for that matter. The, the, the Southside was the black section of Chicago. Uh, there were white players who played there. Uh, there were some bands that were actually integrated, maybe not overtly so, but uh, there are stories that come down from the time in the 1920s uh, when uh, a clarinet player named Voltaire, Volley Defoe, played with uh, Freddie Keppard's band, and also he recorded with Jellero Morton as well, and that was not a, an unusual occurrence, apparently, at the time. So George Zach did those three tunes. We're going to be hearing another tune from him at the end of the program. So for our next set, we're going back to Tut Soper. We're going to hear three more tunes from that Steiner Davis uh, session from uh, January of 1944, done with Baby Dodds on drums. We're going to hear the jazz standard from that period, That's a Plenty, uh, which went back to Chicago and the New Orleans Rhythm Kings in about 1922. Then we're going to go to uh, a tune called It's a Ramble, another Tut Soper tune, and then finish up with Thou Swell by Rogers and Hart. So a range of different things uh, being played by Tut Soper on this date. You can also hear Tut Soper on some Bud Freeman recordings from this period, and uh, he pops up on some other sides uh, and some other band dates from time to time as well.
Then we're going to go back to Art Hodes for uh, two tunes to finish off that set. These, again, were done for Black and White in July of 1942. An unusual solo uh, date for Art Hodes, who almost always featured himself in at least a trio, if not a full band. But uh, this shows off some, some good bluesy aspects of his playing. He was probably the closest to the blues source of these three piano players. And we're going to hear two different blues performances. We're going to hear Art's Boogie, of course by Art Hodes, and the classic St. Louis Blues. So both of those for Black and White in 1944. So those are our tunes for this set. Tut Soper with Baby Dodds on That's a Plenty, It's a Ramble, and Thou Swell. And Art Hodes all by himself, Art's Boogie and the St. Louis Blues. <laughs>
So we ended up with Art Hodes playing Arts Boogie and the St. Louis Blues, both very uh, down-and-dirty blues performances. He really uh, was able to uh, assimilate that type of blues uh, aesthetic in his playing that he absorbed, as I said, from people like Little Brother Montgomery, who was active in the 30s in Chicago, also the boogie-woogie pianists like Mead Lux Lewis and uh, Pete Johnson and... Uh, uh, Albert Ammons, and, and many other players, lesser known, who were on the Chicago scene at the time. So before that, we finished up with Tut Soper's date for uh, Steiner Davis in 1944. We heard That's a Plenty, a great jazz tune, multi-strain tune there, ably assisted by Baby Dodds on drums. It's a ramble, kind of a reflective piece, not terribly bluesy. I had said it was bluesy, but not so much in this case. And then Thou Swell, a Rogers and Hart show tune that uh, was definitely the most sophisticated of the pieces that he played uh, on that date. So you could get a sense of how those piano players in Chicago had to range around the various jazz and blues styles in order to hold their audience and the type of repertoire that they had to develop in order to do those uh, club gigs at the time. So we have time for two more tunes. We're going to hear the last of the Art Hodes tunes from that black and white date. This is my favorite, actually. This is a James P. Johnson composition called The Snowy Morning Blues. And uh, James P. recorded this several times in his career, and he always did it kind of bouncy. But to me, Art Hodes plays this much more in the sense of, of the title, The Snowy Morning Blues. It has a very reflected, reflective kind of languid quality to it that, to me, just sort of sums up the whole experience of looking out the window and seeing the snow come down in the morning. Uh, very, very pleasant performance. Very uh, deeply felt as well. Then we're going to go back and finish up with George Zack, who we talked about earlier, and he's going to do uh, a tune from uh, uh, July of 1944, accompanied by Danny Alvin, called the Sunset Cafe Stomp, which was a tune recorded by Louis Armstrong's uh, Hot Five in 1926. And this was a tune that uh, presumably was played at the Sunset Cafe in Chicago. And these musicians, George Zack, Tut Soper, and Art Hodes, were greatly influenced by the African-American jazz scene, especially the uh, New Orleans expatriates in the 1920s, and they uh, uh, referred uh, in, in interviews in their life, and especially Art Hodes later in his life, uh, to going uh, to hear these bands play in the clubs that they were uh, resident at in the 1920s, places like the Sunset and the Plantation, and uh, the older musicians would even go to the Lincoln Gardens to have heard the Creole jazz band with King Oliver and Louis Armstrong. So uh, the New Orleans style and this earlier style of jazz was really vital to the makeup of the musicians. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. This was uh, called Barrel House Piano, and we featured those three pianists from Chicago, George Zack, Tut Soper, and Art Hodes. And we'll be doing another Art Hodes program coming up, probably on my podcast station that, uh, as I said, you can find on Apple Music and Spotify, and uh, probably focus on the bands that he was leading in the 1940s. We've heard a few things at different times on these programs as well. So you've been listening to WETF, the Jazz Station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. Hope you make this a regular part of your week, and I'll see you soon.
Thank you.